You're listening to the Not-So-Black-And-White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Marianne Gillespie Mag. Marianne, um, before we really get into Marianne's bio, uh, just a quick, you know, she's CEO of Red Apple Coaching, where she coaches some of the top agents in North America. So this is someone you definitely want to tune into, stop whatever you're doing, and listen to this one because it's going to be big. Before we get into Marianne and learn a little bit more about her and why she's in the hot seat and being interviewed by two of the two of the best in the industry. Here's a word from uh, one of our sponsors. Hey, this is Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning and The Miracle Equation. And I am recording this quick video to let you know I'll be speaking at the Keller Williams Young Professionals event on November 12th in Canada. And uh, I hope to see you there. My message will be more than just The Miracle Morning. This is about how to take your success. And when I say your success, I mean your success literally every single area of your life to a level 10 to the greatest it's been in your life up until this point beyond where it's been in the past and when i say your success i'm talking about in every area of your life i'm talking about your professional success spiritually mentally emotionally financially relationally in every aspect of your life how do you create a level 10 life that's what the focus of the message will be on november 12th at the Keller Williams Young Professionals event. I really hope to see you there. I'd love to meet you in person. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. I hope you make it, and I will see you then. Awesome. Thank you. Thank wow. you very much, Hal Alrod. Ooh, that sounds like a good event. Yeah, it's amazing. Be amazing. So you're hearing a mystery voice on, on the screen right now. We haven't brought Marianne on just yet, but maybe we should do that. So Marianne, you're now on camera. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Oopsie. I thought I was on camera already, no. but that's awesome. That's awesome. I like <laughs> having the mystery voice. Like we, we should have done that. Yeah. All show. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that does sound like a great event. Yeah. We are. We're kind of pumped about that and some really cool speakers coming in. We'll talk more and you'll see lots of posts about that. And, and Marianne's going to talk about another awesome event uh, going on uh, a similar time as well. But um this is this is new. So you and I have got done a lot this summer. Things yes. have changed. You and I being called, and we're going to bring Marianne in the conversation in just a second. Yeah. But, but like, you got to experience something pretty cool. Tell us like quickly in fifteen seconds or less what that was. Ah, Greece. Um, there's a particular place in Greece, Zakynthos, that was on my uh, bucket list for close to ten years. So. Got to check that off along with seven other items on my list. So it was just a great uh, experience, and it's good to go after your goals. So I'm pumped and excited about that. Awesome. Yeah. Just to, just to interject, that was the worst two weeks of following you on Instagram in my yeah. life. Agreed. <laughs> <Just so you laughs> <know. laughs> What's that commercial on right now? Hate like? Yeah, yeah, yeah hate like. <laughs> well said, Marianne. Well said. Well that said. And, and you might have noticed we're not in... Yeah, uh, we're in the Stovall studio. studio. We got a new studio. Too. We're in the Aurora uh, New Market studio. Get it right. Yeah, um, yeah. Gary's got some big things happening that happened to him this this summer as well. Why don't you tell our listeners or viewers what happened? Yeah, cool. Well, that sounds like something crazy happened. Well, something did crazy did happen. An opportunity came up. One of those opportunities where you take a step back, you think about it, and you realize I got to jump on it. Yep. And uh, it was a really unique opportunity for me to take on the general mentorship. General mentorship. That's you, what we're calling it now. You, you just uh, made it up. Yeah, I like making up words. <laughs> Good word. I, I like it. Uh, to lead and operate the brokers that Colin and I are part of and uh, to be mentored by somebody that I really respect and, and uh, really take my leadership skills to a whole new levels, which puts us in a new studio. So now we're in new market and uh, pretty excited about that. And of course, this is the first time that we get to do a remote interview. So we are super excited what that opens those doors up to. And uh, and Marianne is here with us. And we're going to get to know Marianne really well because she gets to know Colin really well on a weekly basis. Yep. Yeah. 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 So Marianne, I've got your, your bio here. <laughs> And um, you said it's the condensed version. I'm going to make it even more condensed, but we pulled out some of the highlights, but it's, it's very impressive. So let, bear with me. I'm going to go through it because it's important to, to hear uh, a track record of why, you know, as Colin and I always say, 
Uh, we want to interview people that are doing bigger and better things than we are, but also leading by example. You certainly lead by example, Marianne, and this, that example comes from this. So let me read this. Uh, at the age of 23, Marianne was one of the youngest VPs of business development for a large firm and recognized by the Ottawa Citizen as the young businesswoman to watch. Uh, later, she transitioned into real estate. Seeing a need for entrepreneurs in the business world, she opened Red Apple Coaching. Marianne's created a training program for major real estate firm focusing on production and business coaching for over 300 sales reps. Uh, she is known for her ability to bring a record-breaking number of businesses to number one field, uh, number one in their fields through her skills, drive, and accountability and passion. Currently, her company works with over 350 business owners, experiencing I love this part, uh, experiencing average profits of two million, and what? more importantly, 50% annual growth. What? That's amazing. Yes. So I'm following your growth. It better be 50% or she's yeah. going to be on you this time. Dude, it's hour. already. <laughs> uh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, uh, Marianne has developed some of the most sought-out sought business coaching programs and is an expert in systemization, mindset, profiling. Her company has ex and profiling. Her company has expanded into uh, leadership, mindset, and NLP coaching to pro athletes, banks, and top sales forces around the world. Um, this is pretty cool. Coaching is one of Marianne's passions. She's an NLP practitioner, certified disc coach, EQ coach, John Maxwell coach, I need a breath, uh, <laughs> land, landmark trained, Disney leadership, and in her free time when she's not studying neurosciences, she runs marathons, surfs the world, spear fishes, and rescues puppy mill dogs, and will finish. I think we have to cross that out, right? You did finish yes. your first Ironman. Woo, congratulations. Whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, wait. Before, before we wrap that up, there's an initiative that uh, yeah, Marianne has. What is it? Tell me about the it. Girl Abundance. Tell us, let's let's launch with that. Yes, What's th that? Let's start with us. What is uh, Girl Abundance? Awesome. Like, I'm so glad you actually mentioned that. So you reach a point, sometimes like business owners, they reach a point where they realize that their business is awesome and they love doing it and, and that's great, but then we have passion projects. And one thing that I recognize, and I think it's really important for CEOs to work on passion projects. You'll notice a lot of the best CEOs in the world will will actually work on those passion projects. So we are starting Girl Abundance this month, actually. And Girl Abundance is a passion project that I, I really feel strongly about. We're taking, I've created a mentorship program where I'm taking some of the top business women in the world and um, in perspective fields. So it's not just real estate, it's accounting, it's lawyers, it's everything. And what we're doing is, is that we're creating a mentorship program where we're giving back to underprivileged women and young women, women in general who have great business ideas, but they don't have the support. They may not be able to afford coaching and mentorship, and it's a give back program. So we're all going to step in. We're going to mentor them. We're going to help them, and we're going to build their businesses. We're going to invest in their businesses as well. So we have pitches and ideas and everything, and we're going to take their businesses, and we're going to try to make them into millionaires and then bring them on as mentors to give back to the world. And we really feel that that's um, – I didn't come from a lifestyle where I was privileged, so – it really hit me how many amazing people and women in this world in general as well. And we only picked women because there is already one for boys out there. So we picked one for women, step up to the plate for it, and we really want to make a difference. And I think it's, um, you even see it in sports, like what's happening now in sports, especially in Canada as well, as you're seeing all these, um, the balance between men and women is actually it's starting to happen now. And so we're just merging it with business as well. And so we hope by giving back, we're going to make a big difference and a bigger impact on this world. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. That's well, impressive. You talked about that balance and, and equality a little bit. And, and I just think of what happened over the weekend with, uh, with tennis, oh. which is outstanding in itself. And, uh, and I read just the other day, but because of the work that Billie Jean did, King did years and years ago, uh, the, the grand prize for both the men and the women was exactly the same. I thought that was awesome. really wild. Awesome. Really, really wild. Yeah. Cool. It is really cool. Did you guys see, and Colin, don't answer this, but did you guys, because you probably know the answer, because uh, I've talked about it all week so far. So am I on the hot see, seat then? Is that what she's trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you see what the quote was uh, when the tennis players were entering the court? There was a quote on the wall, and it was really cool. Did you see what it was? No. Let's share with us. Okay. 
It was really cool. Um, the quote on the wall, and you have to think about this, a 19-year-old Canadian girl, um, pretty much, you know, not the experience. I mean, she's going against Serena, best in the world, so many world champions. I mean, this is the most intimidating moment of her life. And so I thought, I got to see what that quote says. And the quote says, pressure is a privilege. Hmm. Pressure Ooh, like is a privilege. Yes. I got to write that down on my whiteboard here. Pressure is a privilege. Now, when you saw that, mm-hmm. What does that mean to you as a coach, as uh, Iron Man, as mm-hmm. someone who's always pushing the boundaries? What does that mean to you? It, it just, you know, I've referenced it quite a bit this week because a lot of the times the ability, especially in real estate and in business in general, the road to get to the top is really hard. I mean, you get your yourself kicked you can have market conditions there's so many things that that we go through as ceos and especially our clients we see their ups and their downs and sometimes they look at it and they go you know what the pressure is a lot and sometimes they think it's the fear that holds them back but it's really the pressure and what you have to remember is is pressure is the privilege if you want to get to the top and you want to be the best in your game and you want to think bigger you have to be willing to look at the pressure and embrace it not that we're not talking about fear. Fear is a feeling you can't get rid of. Um, you have to learn how to work around fear. But pressure is a privilege. You're lucky to have the ability to be able to earn your own income. You're lucky to be able to be an entrepreneur. The pressure to get to the top is embraceable instead of just looking at it and going, holy smokes, and, and hiding every time there's pressure. It's a privilege. We're lucky to be able to have the opportunity to do that. And when you earn your spot, as they did in the courts this weekend, it's a privilege. It's not a punishment. It's yes. an absolute privilege. That is your hard work that got you there. It is everybody who supported you got you there. That is a damn privilege if I've ever seen one. So wow. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Wow. You know what I love is how you can take a simple, not a simple saying, but somebody put that together, said it one time, decided it needed, it belonged where it did. Yes. Had a message and, and how that affects so many different people right? That you probably saw that throughout the week. And now all of a sudden that's become a major, major talking point, probably to a lot of your clients, to the people around you, the people that you surround yourself with. And it elevates more than just the the 15,000, 20,000 people in the stadium, right? Look who it elevated. Yes. hundred percent. Last thing they see before they go on the biggest game of their life is that quote pretty Pressure exciting is a privilege yeah i like it i, I, I like just it. love it it's uh... okay mary give us a little i know we went through your bio but uh you know talk to us a little bit about your journey from everyone doesn't start out as a business coach and a high level high performance coach so kind of tell us a little bit about that journey if you will and what what that looked like to you and how you came to that decision to to do business coaching Okay, so when I was five years old, no, I'm only kidding. <laughs> okay, six. Um, so I think it's always been a passion of mine, and I'm really grateful. I'm great. First of all, thank you for, for inviting me on, and I've been writing your case, Colin, on getting virtual and, and doing this remotely for a long time. Yes. So I am like, I feel like I kind of won today. Um, yes, but anyway, one of the... One of the biggest things that we see a lot of the times is um, people really have to listen to the voice in their head. I listened to it my whole career. So you could see when I started in real estate, I was rookie of the year, um, got over to a million dollars fairly quickly in the industry. And it was just everything was very easy. And I found a love for systems. Um, I hired my first coach um, before I even became licensed. And I hired one of the best coaches. He's now deceased, but um, he was one of the best coaches in the industry. And he was really fantastic and, and amazing. So I had the coaching background since the day I started, which was amazing. Um, and I worked really hard with that. And I knew that coaching, my success was not not alone. I knew that coaching was just amazing with my career, my business. I've always had coaches. So since day one in everything. So when I started studying it and I started creating my own systems, I realized what was out there wasn't really what I was connecting with. I was like, well, there's room for something new. There's room for a different way of thinking. And then I started to realize that I wanted to just figure out the connection between what goes on up here in your brain and how you build a company. So I um, Mark Center to number one worldwide. I don't think anybody's ever taken um, the office that we had with Keller Williams. Fantastic office. It was awesome. Um, we took that to number one worldwide, and nobody's ever been able to do that in Canada since. And that was the highest production level. And that was a coaching program. And at that point, when I decided to step away and build coaching 100% and go all in, I knew at that point um, I was given a great opportunity to take that Market Center number one. 
worked my buns off to do it, but I created some of the best systems and models at that time. And then I had the honor, as you guys know, I had the honor of being in Gary's masterminds and being in that circle and speaking on stage with him. And I knew at that point that the programs and systems that I designed from the head into the coaching was a niche that was missing in the industry. So I just, I went all in on it. I trusted my head. I trusted my heart. Um, John Maxwell has always coached me on that. He says, if you're making decisions half with the heart, half with your head, you know what? You're in the right direction. You're doing the right thing. So it's important to listen to both. And I did. And that's where it's taken me since. And, you know, the rest has been history. And, and sorry, to, to provide some, some clarity on that for some of our listens, listeners, uh, when she references Gary, as much as I'd like to pride myself up, oh, yes, right. <laughs> uh, you, you referenced Gary Keller there and John Maxwell, yeah, yeah. and you and I have talked way in the past. I, I love John Maxwell and just you know, his books, but his, just his clarity on what leadership is. Right. Yeah. I, I love it. Sorry, Colin. Yep. I had to I've jump had, in there. I've had some great mentors. Like, I mean, uh, you know what? I never in my life um, have I been given so many opportunities like as Gary Keller gave me. I mean, so grateful for that. It goes down as one of my favorite moments uh, with him. I love that man. Very out of the box thinker that works well. Um, John Maxwell, another great mentor of mine. He's been absolutely fantastic. And again, it's all these coaches and, and mentors that I've had in my life have really, you know, they've given me the, the push that I needed because sometimes as you know, as an entrepreneur, you can be on an island all by yourself. And um, I have nothing but love for, for every person that's been in my life that's helped me. Wow. Um, Marianne, you mentioned really going all in and really going after when you saw there was a gap in the industry to really coach and start developing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've built a phenomenal empire so far yeah. and you're still building. Um, what were some of the limiting beliefs you had to overcome because I asked this because most people, they decide to do something. They don't always go at it. So, and I'm sure you're human like all of us. What are some of those limiting beliefs uh, that you overcame? I, I think the limiting beliefs, a lot of the times you hear it in coaching, like some, uh, a lot of our clients and we're actually, um, the, the bio is slightly, slightly, um, dated. We're actually hitting the 700 client mark right now. So we're, what? we're actually, yeah, yeah. We, we launched a bunch of group coaching programs as well. And so we've really expanded. And I think for us, I think the biggest, the biggest limiting belief I had was two things. First thing is, is that, um, a lot of people think that you have to have a massive big real estate team in order for you to coach massive big realtors. And that's actually not the case. The coaching is very different. Um, so that was a limiting belief that I think I was a little concerned about is I wanted to work with the elites. Um, I wanted to work with that and that is my niche and it's a limiting belief sometimes, although I'm very successful in real estate, you know what? I'm certainly, some of our clients are producing 6 million GCI, 7 million GCI. So for us, it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, my companies do that. Um, but if my real estate business doesn't make six, seven million, does that make me qualified? Is that a limiting belief? And the truth is, is that, you know, I started coaching 20 years ago. Wow. So the groundwork was laid 20 years ago. Um, all the dots only connected and the opportunities people gave me to coach at a high level. Um, that's what, that's what gave me the opportunities. So I think a lot of the limiting beliefs, um, that come by is, can I handle it? Can I grow? Um, what if, you know, what if I, I can't help with a problem or what if I can't do this? So you have to continually grow yourself. Yes. If I, if you're not willing to grow yourself, I invest, I, I would say close to over 130,000 a year personally in my own coaches that work with me. Like for me getting coached in business and my personal life. And that's a lot of money to invest in personal development. So that was really key. Wow. Over 130,000 in yeah, personal development. A year. Yeah. Wow. I, I love that. And, and talk to us a little bit about that that fear of like you know let's call it quite exactly what it call is. it what it is there's a lot of people that don't even make that or earn that as income but for you that's important for you because you know that elevates your capacity but all those around you we kind of touched on that earlier mm-hmm. what have you seen what was that fear in your experience of wow i gotta pay for a coaching but what how's that coaching going to deliver and i know you deliver yeah. so how does that look like for for some of your clients that have that fear how do they overcome that that's a that's a really awesome question. Um, people who know me really well know that um, that first of all, I take I'm a partner, 
And everybody in our organization looks at our clients as a partner. So we don't look at our clients as um, as a paycheck. I think you can have two kind of things. You got to be really careful where you invest your coaching money. Do you have a coach that's more like a partner or do you have a coach that really is just collecting a check? That's been always a very big philosophy that our organization has. That's an important factor when you invest in a coach. It should be like everything. Um, it should be measurable. Your return should be measurable. If you have a coach that's just a friend, and they're in there, then that means they're not operating as a partner. They have to really, really want you to succeed and bring in. And it's not hard to see a return. A lot of people, when you hear that I've invested that much, you have to remember I came from nothing. When my family died, I was homeless um, for well over a year, and um, and that was a really, really hard time. So what I learned is a lot of my patterns were from scarcity back then because when you come from nothing and you lose everything and you're you don't have a house um that is really a difficult period for somebody to get through and looking where I am now how did I overcome that I trusted I looked at the measurables I understood I listened to my coach I did the work I did my due diligence um I wanted a coach I've always had coaches that push me I don't want coaches that are are soft on me um, you really shouldn't be looking for a coach that's just like you. You should be looking for somebody that can push you out of your element. So it's about investing in yourself as opposed to looking at it as paying for coaching. So if you invest in yourself, you will you will see a return. In that's as simple as that. And and when you're looking at clients or potential clients or or partners, and I'll use your word, um, just like with anything, whether Colin and I are looking to to partner with somebody selling their house, there's there's call it what it is, minimum requirements, minimum standards, and, and you got to hold those accountable uh, to, to those. And, and I've, you know, we've all kind of learned that perhaps the hard way and should have listened to others. But uh, I'm sure that's important in your, in, your, in your coaching program is that minimum mm -hmm. standard and keeping up with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we don't want it. Like, you have to be prepared to fire your clients. Like you have to be prepared. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, if they don't hit their targets, there's sometimes there's really valid reasons. Like if the market crashes, um, if your clients are giving 100% and they're really working hard, you know what, that's that's a different scenario. But you have to also, at the same token, yeah, you, our standard is, is that you have to be ready to be uncomfortable. If you're not ready to be uncomfortable, you're just not ready for coaching quite at the moment. And it might mean you're a year away from it, but it's the uncomfortableness that you're feeling. And every coach in, in our organization, including myself, we I'm okay. If a coach gets fired from a client because they push them, I'm okay with that. But if a coach gets fired because they didn't get the results, not okay with that. Mm -hmm. and, and then we exit the coach. We just exited a coach from our organization a couple weeks ago because they weren't getting results. And that's a commitment. And every client that we re-signed was, was actually happy. They were like, you know what? Thank you very much. You know what? We appreciate that. And we didn't know how to talk about it. And I was like, hey, that's our standard. If we're not producing for you, it's time to make a shift. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's our standard. And we're proud of that. Cool. Very proud of that. Awesome. I, I know you wanted to touch on like performance of what others are. are yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Marianne, I know, um, I know you coach some of the, the top agents in the industry and business owners, CEOs in the industry, in the real estate industry. Uh, what are you seeing is, uh, are some of those common threads that all these top agent CEOs, they all have in common? Um, the biggest thing that they have in common is they, um, there's a great saying out there that's, that talks about a real winner is, um, there's a little bit of feedback. So that's why I'm hesitating a little bit. Um, I'm just adjusting my volume. There we go. All right. So, um, there's a saying that sort of talks about this It said winners are not people who win. They're, they're, they're people who actually, they get back up and it's how fast that they can recover. And that's what determines whether you're successful in the industry or not. This, the pattern, there's two things that I notice all the time. The first thing is, is that the, the people who succeed at the highest level in any business are the ones who can pick up when they're kicked. So if you have a hard market, you pick up, you get back on it. Okay. We have one coaching client that, that is uh, quite, quite, quite successful. The market crashed and they were carrying a huge, like over 45 listings and it switched into a buyer's market and it was terrible. Like it was really terrible that that person, that agent was able to just recover and say, okay, I'm not interested in being a victim. I got kicked. This is a big pick. 
how do I get through? So they're very good at that. And then the second thing that we notice, um, so it's about how fast you can get up. And then the second thing that we notice is, is that they're high implementers. So implementers of anything. So they hear an idea from their coach or they hear an idea and they're not going in 80 directions. They're just like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm going to take the risk. Like, so if we say you need to hire a VP of sales because your team is too big, they go, yep, I agree with you. I'm doing it. They're not hesitating on it. It may take them a while, but they're going, you know what? That is the direction I need to go. Let's do it. And they're okay. They're like, if it fails, if I hire the wrong person or do this or that, they're okay with failure. They're really okay with accepting the failure because they know that it's growing milestone. So it's that after you fail, next, 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 and it's just quick to take action. They're not smarter. They're not more talented. There's none of that. There is no distinguishing difference between a $8 million GCI a year producer or a $800 a year producer. The difference only in in intelligence or anything like that doesn't exist. The difference is, is that one of them says, I'm okay, I'm going to implement and I'm okay about failing. So they're okay with that. So they implement fast and they fail fast and they move on. And if they get kicked, they're not let, they're not letting it derail them for a week. If they get kicked, it's a 24 hour turnaround. It's like, boom, I'm down. Let's go. If you lose 10 listings, it's okay. Next, let's go. I know how to get out of it. They know everything's going to be okay. Wow. So there's that saying where, you know, most people go into, um, you know, they step into, uh, a role or anything, and there's this famous saying that you know failure is not an option. What are what are your thoughts on that? Um, I always like the Vince Lombardi one where it says, yeah, where it says, uh, if you come in second place, you're first place loser. So so that kind of explains <laughs> how my theory goes with that. Um, failure isn't an option. I like I also like Nike's slogan where they say, you know, there is no finish line. So it's always like I think there there is no thing as failure because if you're learning from a mistake or something that didn't go the way it is, you're not failing. It actually you have to go through that to become the person you are on the other side. And that's if you're expecting to be perfect on everything, then then you're putting way too much pressure on yourself. You got to get kind of silly about it and be like, God, I just had like I was laughing with a coaching client this morning. He was telling me how. He was showing the perfect, beautiful house and great property. And, you know, just as they were saying they were putting an offer, a crazy guy comes running down the street screaming and yelling and all sorts of stuff and scared them from buying the place. And you got to laugh at stuff like that. Like, you can't, like, you can't take this too seriously. Have some fun with it and be like, you know what? If you fail, have a good network around you that finds kind of humor in it and be like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't do my P&L yet, you know? I mean, that's great. Like, it's hilarious. You know what? I'll do it, and I'll rip the Band-Aid off, and don't beat yourself up over things. Just have fun with it, and, and that's a big thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. You said no, something there that kind of, my, my mind went, I'm like, yeah, I, I like that, is the Nike uh, saying, there is no finish line. There is line. no finish line. One yeah. of my there favorite no- quotes. Yeah, I often think people do have a lot of finishes, finish lines, but they keep moving it and, and they move it too close to themselves. Yep. You know, they, they don't push it out far enough to think big enough. You know, one of the things that we talked about, uh, Colin and I over the summer with my transition into my role is, is, and I'd like to get your input on this actually, Marianne is, you know, fall's coming and we got to start thinking about 20 or 2020 and what does that look like? And, and, you know, we sort of put those business plans together and it was, you know, I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, one-year business plans are great, but they don't let us see the big picture, right? What does a five-year business plan look like? And that's something that, you know, I think we need to have that conversation more. What do you think? We have to have that. Yeah, like we have to have that conversation a lot more. But what also comes into play too is that your brain doesn't know, Gary, like it doesn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. Okay. We think it does. It doesn't. It has no idea. Okay. Um, and there's many things we could do to prove that true, but it doesn't have any idea if it's a truth or a lie um, that you're feeding it. So when you're planning your future, why not plan it so crazy, big and huge? Your brain doesn't know that it like it doesn't know. It's just gonna go, hey, that's cool, Gary. You want to build the market center to 600 people? Let's do Let's this. Let's 10x that. Let's 10x yeah, that. Yeah, like 10x the crap out of it. And it's like, that's what your brain does is it's like, it doesn't know what you're telling it is a truth or if it's a lie, which is why if you're feeding it really big stuff consistently and you're st- and you're positive and you're doing and everybody always asks, they're like, how do you have the energy and you're doing this, do that? I feed the good stuff up here. And that's all I feed. 
And you know what? If And so when you're planning that five-year out, it better be massive because this doesn't know that, that that what's capable and not. That's why people are able to do some of the craziest things now. That's why the tennis player this weekend, that's why she was able to, to win, not just because she's ultra-talented, because in her head, she was like, this is big and I can do it. And her brain didn't know the difference between a truth and a lie, so it just did what she asked it to do. So you can do the same. Nobody's stopping you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Is it time? I think it's not time. It's time. All right. All right, Marianne. We got we got some things. And, and if you've been following the podcast in the past, <laughs> you'll know. You'll know what this brings. So we've not done this remote before. Uh, we're going to try it and see if we can make this happen. So here we go. There we go. It's transition. All right. Look at you. Even, <laughs> even flopped camera angles for us, which is perfect. Okay. So we call this rapid fire yep. and I'm going to ask you yes or no questions more or less. And we're just going to have some fun with this, Marianne. Are you, are you ready okay. for this? Okay. Let's start with an easy one. Cause I think I always know the answer for this first question. Would you rather texting or talking? Texting. Good. Uh, favorite season of the year. Fall. Fall. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm just turning up the volume for us here so we can hear you nice and loud. Uh, I love this one. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Yes. Yes. <laughs> First celebrity crush. Uh, Mark Wahlberg still is. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm trying to remember his song that he came out with in like 1990. I love you, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> and his pants used to be around his ankles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Favorite junk food? Oh my God, Putin! Putin, yeah, yeah. You can tell you're from Ottawa, Ottawa. Yeah, Ottawa. yeah, of course. Uh, place you want to travel to the most? Oh, I'm gonna see um, Patagonia. Cool. Wow, love it. I don't think we haven't had that on no, the show. There's no. a number one right there. Yeah. Uh, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? No. Oh yeah, I don't know. You thought pretty long about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? It, honestly, it's disgusting. Like, why do you need to double dip? Like, really, just go for it. Like, think bigger. <laughs> Take it all. <laughs> Take the whole bowl. Take the whole bowl. That's right. Run with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's your ideal outside temperature? Uh, twenty. Twenty what? degrees. Sorry. Twenty yeah. degrees. And we, Colin and I, already know the answer to this because we saw something earlier big dogs or small dogs small yeah okay there we go uh cake or pie cake cool and and um what's your favorite carb bread pasta rice or potatoes pasta pasta mm. cool what would you say? i don't eat carbs oh. oh of course you're you're a high performance <laughs> athlete what superpower would you want what superpower do i want yeah um, you know what? I think the superpower I want is to levitate. Levitate to a different location. That's what I'd like. Like, to be able to be like, I could be right next to you in like a second. Oh, be so like, that's operate in, uh, in Harry Potter. That would be operate or, yeah. yeah I would like it. that, but I'd like to use it in the sense that I wouldn't warn anybody, that I, like nobody would know, and I'd just scare the living bejesus out of you guys. I'd just show up. Oh, my gosh. Like, could ah! you imagine doing that with your coaching clients? That would that scare me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A whole new phrase. What would Marianne do? She's right here. I better do what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And last but not least, would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? I think I know this one. I've done both. So okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never been so scared in my life of jumping from a plane. So I'm going to climb a mountain from now on. Wow. <laughs> cool, wow. cool, cool. Those are our rapid fire questions. Yep. Thanks for playing along at home and everywhere else. <laughs> really let us cool, see cool. a different side of who, of who like you it. are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we're going we're gonna to get oh, back deep. Okay. Um, it wants to do it again. Hang on a second. Let me flip back here. That. I think it works. Yes. There we go. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, a lot of what we were discussing there were very uh, thought-provoking and really deep. And as uh, real estate agents and a lot of our podcast covers uh, agents, investors, a lot of our listeners and so on. So there's a lot that they can take away from this. So again, thank you for that. Uh, what is um, the biggest challenge that you're seeing that most CEOs, top producing agents are facing. Hey, right uh, before we get serious there, uh, Danielle is, also has a little crush on Marky Mark, so I'm just kind of posting that on the oh, screen. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the only one. Sorry. What, now we what, can get serious. Marky Mark, as That's they right. say. Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky yeah. Bunch, right? Is that where I'm going with this? 
you know what? All I know is that, you know, if you're a female and you're following Instagram, it's a good account to follow. Is uh, his. Okay. All right. Well, there Just you have a hint. You're welcome, lady. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's a dad bod. That's a dad bod. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right, Colin, let's get serious. Yes. Uh, you're telling us about uh, some of the challenges some of the biggest uh, and the top producing agents are facing in the industry right now. Yeah, I think the biggest challenges we're seeing is is finding talent. Okay. Um, that is really difficult. Um, it's getting more progressively difficult um, to find top talent that wants to adjust to what we're seeing in the market, which is most teams are, are finding it very difficult to produce leads um, consistently. And I agree Sorry. with that. I, you know, I don't think you should join a team and expect them to feed you. So the biggest challenge we're seeing now is that traditional model and expectation um, on recruiting and bringing in teams is we're seeing that they're having a bit of a challenge going, okay, you know what? I'm bringing these people in and all the interviews I'm doing or all the agents I'm doing, they don't want to build their own businesses. They want to be fed. And that's a big challenge that teams are seeing today. Huge. So how does one overcome those uh, challenges? Um, I am a big believer in um, top-down. So you have to... Sorry, I'm going to adjust the volume too. Um Sorry, you good? Yeah, okay, we're I got good a little bit back. All right, so some of the things that we're seeing on the teams right now is is that they you have to teach people to move to or from freedom. And if somebody's going to join your team, coach them and train them on how to build businesses. Um, if you're just if you're bringing people on board and you don't have coaching for them and you don't have training for them and stuff like that, then you know if you're not willing to do it, go invest in them. Okay, invest in the people in your team and teach them how to operate a business that moves them towards freedom within your organization. If you do that, they will they will be loyal and grateful and everything else to you. Um, and we're seeing that. It's just the skill about doing it and how to do it by setting the goals and getting the training. Like one of the teams I coach, I'm always telling them, like once a month, I want you to go and interview a top CEO and bring all your team members with you so that they can learn some of the business skills. And the old traditional model of putting people on a team and making them generate, you know, 20 hours a week is not the way that the future is going with teams. Um, I got masks back. So the um, it's not going that way with teams. What we're seeing with teams now, the trend is is teach them how teach your team members how to be business entrepreneurs within your organization, and you will have the best success with them. Wow. But it's changing, so you got to change with it, adapt. Love it, love it. Yeah, that's that that's really insightful. So it it cut out there just for a quick second. And I just want to uh, repeat what you were saying there. So th- what Marianne's saying there is. Uh, what used to be a great attraction for teams is here's your leads, here's your leads, here's your leads. The great attraction now, Marianne, correct me if I'm wrong, is here's how you build a business, right? Within and that business. Within that business. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's why always yep. the business owners, uh, whether it's you know a, a small team or a big team or a big brokerage, make sure that business owner's vision's bigger than your vision, right? Yes. Much bigger. Ten times, and, a thousand times bigger. And don't like don't be worried that they're gonna leave because they're not. Like nobody's gonna leave the organization. Nobody's gonna, you know, and if they do, that's okay. That's a compliment to how well that you brought them and developed them. And turnovers, every phase that you go through as a team in real estate, fifty percent of your team won't be able to keep up with the next level. So you have to be prepared to let people go and move on and elevate. We do it. Um, we even do it in our coaching company. We have to do it. Every level you go, 50% of your team won't be able to catch up with you. So, you know, it's it's only, it's our duty as CEOs to say to team members, listen, I'm going to develop your business so that if two years from now you can't keep up with where we're growing, you're not going to be abandoned. You're going to have an amazing foundation and you'll have options to do whatever you want. And that is, that's amazing leadership on that part. So wow. never let that fear hold you back. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yep. What are some of the the gaps that you predict will we will see in this industry within the next year to three years, and how we can start preparing for that? I think that um, 
the the idea of the single agent is definitely it's it's it right on track with what everybody said we predicted five years it was you know the single agent was going to be pretty much eliminated yes. that is almost it's amazing the consumers accept it now they they the consumer finally does see that if you're a single agent you know you better make some decisions about leverage because they're coming for you like you know all these teams and all these developments are starting to happen yeah um and it's here so i would say that it, my prediction on that is that i think within another year to two years the single agent will be like the last of the mohicans like it's pretty much going to be done um so you're going to have to make a decision do you want to build a business or do you want to go and build your business within somebody else's i think another gap that we're seeing this and i look at it as an amazing opportunity because this is where they lie in the gaps is there is an abundance amount of mega agents out there and mega agents for for listeners and viewers who don't know what they are they're usually about that quarter of a million um even maybe in some cases depending on your market 100 125,000 or higher we're seeing that a lot of agents there's going to be an opportunity parallel to that where agents are deciding saying you know what you know, I'm happy with what I'm making, but I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the pressure. I'm okay with taking my $200,000 business and going to work on a team like yours, Colin. And if you, you know, run the show and you're okay and you're happy with it, I'm okay with giving you a cut and you teach me some of the foundations and we'll just build it together. We're seeing a lot of gaps and opportunities lying there. Yes. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity to bring massive talent onto teams. And I really feel like, um, the industry itself will start to push back against part-time agents or agents who aren't um, aren't developing and growing and using the tools out there. Um, I think the highest risk that I'm seeing is that the consumer right now, and every year I go to this amazing conference called the Cult Gathering, and it is literally my favorite one. Um, I've already signed up for it. You can't, I can't get enough of it. One of the biggest things that we're seeing with branding in, in the business right now as it stands is that consumers are so, so much artificial intelligence and electronic communication, consumers are craving our, our, our personal attention. Yes. They want to hear from us more again. They want that personal touch. So you're going to see an elevation of door knocking. You're going to see phone calls um, to one-on-one to your databases, massive opportunities there. And I think anybody as well, the other gap that we're seeing in the business, so that human touch has to come back into your business like a lot. That should wow. be massive engagement, huge. Um, and then what we're also seeing as well is that um, the whole idea of internet leads and whatnot, I know this is going to not sit well with a lot of people, but... Um, I really believe that if you're focusing on building an amazing database of over three to 5,000 people in your database and building it consistently and have a team that's doing it, you will see your business go amazingly high up. Um, those people who are ignoring building a great database or ignoring those relationships and saying, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to call people. I don't want to go. I don't want to. You're forgetting that real estate, the biggest thing that we're seeing is, is that real estate is very social. So you need to be out there and you need to be networking and caring. So those are a lot of gaps. Um, is that, um, I don't think scalable is the right word. I, I can't think of what I'm looking for. Transitional, I suppose. Is that almost the same for every type of business? So is, is your business becoming, obviously coaching is a relational business, but are you going much deeper than you've had to in the past on, on those relationships? Or is that just kind of that organic movement that happens anyways? Yeah, our, our coaching company runs a very different model. Like we, we are so focused on success of our clients um, that we we were lucky. Like I mean, I'm so blessed. Um, this is the first time. Like this year is actually the first time that we we haven't had to worry about social media or anything. We've built a relationship business. Like we really love our clients. We, when I was building the market center to the highest um, production in the world, one of the things that somebody asked me is, how did you how did you do that? How did you take an office that was, you know, 80% non-productive and flip the scales and make it 80% productive? And the truth is, is that, yes, I'm tough. Everybody knows that about me. Everybody knows that I'm tough. But I am tough because I actually care about the people. And I care about the children of the clients that we have. I care about their spouses. Um, one of my... Uh, favorite coaching clients that and one of my very good friends Craig um, when he had passed away suddenly that was a testament like that hurt so badly and one of the things that I was really happy about as I coached him for many years is that I knew his wife his kids and I knew 
we didn't ignore that. So had I not had that relationship with him and not pushed him to take vacations with his family, not pushed him to take that, that, that time with them, that investment in the future with them, I think I would have felt really different about how things played out. Um, however, you know what, that's part of the things that we give back is we really care about people and we have that relationship. So we've built the company based on successful results, but also caring more about our clients and being very confident in saying we're tough, we'll stand up for your business, but we'll also stand up for the fact that there are people behind you, your families that, that we're standing up for as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we're excited. We don't know where this company is going to like, my goal is, is to build a $50 million coaching company. That is my goal. I'm going to stick with that goal. And I'm quite confident that if we've built it this well without social media, advertising and promotion, um, it's going to be an interesting 2020. Okay. Wow. Looking forward to that. So what are, what are the next opportunities that you're preparing for? Um, I'm preparing for the fact that, you know, you, when you're building a company, you got to look out for, um, blind spots, things you didn't see. Um, the hard, the biggest opportunity that we're seeing right now, again, um, Social media really portrays, um, it's it's really helpful. It's a good icing on the cake. And so we're doing more of this. And so we're going out on social media now. We're, we're meeting with our social media team that we've hired in Toronto. We're meeting with them tonight at 4.30 online. And so we've got like, we're really looking at that as our next opportunity. And that's our gap. And so what we're seeing is there's going to be a very good slide um, into group coaching. And so we're launching into that. And so our group coaching, we want to give options that I think the opportunity is, is that it's not always affordable to pay for coaching for every single person on your team. So we're going to go and we're starting to customize and, um, we've written 13 coaching part. I should say I've written, (laughs) I've written 13 coaching programs this year. And those ones are all going to be launched at the beginning of 2020. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Talk to talk to us a little bit about the scalability of a business and the obstacles that a business of your size is having at this moment compared to say what it was three, four, or five years ago when you kind of started it. Like, how are those obstacles different? How are you overcoming those obstacles, or is it the same in a sense? It is. Um, it is the same, but harder. <laughs> the bigger you get, the bigger problems you're going to have. The bigger obstacles you're going to you're going to have along the way. So we're experiencing um, quite a bit of growth um, every time. Um, we're excited about it, but you know, every time that we do PR or marketing or anything like that, we get an influx. So we're our biggest struggle right now is finding coaches that are 100% in alignment with where I come from. It's easy to find people who think um, that they would be great coaches, but what's really hard is to find coaches that are like us, like our our very clear direction. So that has been, truth be told, that has been our biggest struggle. Um, and you know, I had a great mentor in Diana before. However. I always thought it may have been her, the reason why there was such a hard time to find coaches or retention or turnover, but I realized that it's the industry. So um, the bigger we get, the more demand we have for coaching. It's really hard to get into my personal schedule. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, I want to drive. I want to drive with you. I want to go, go, go. But then you have to have that conversation. Say, do you understand working with me is very difficult? Like I push hard so are you ready for it and they say yeah 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 I'm ready for it and then they break in 60 days because it's like I can't take it so finding a really good balance of coaches and matching them with the right clients is always going to be a struggle and the bigger you get um, the harder it is and um, and it's really difficult because you have to bring your A game every day. We as coaches, we can't have um, bad days. Um, so if um, like today, for example, my dog was choking in the morning and I can't cancel a whole day of coaching to our clients, I had to pivot, adjust, figure it out. So it's very difficult, um, but you have to love it. You have to take the, those challenges and embrace them, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. You said something really interesting there, and Colin wrote me a note, and we're going to get to that. Don't worry, Colin. Um, pivot and adjust. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think um, people understand that that's a skill. <laughs> and, and in your words, is that something that, that is teachable? Is that 100%. something that's coachable? Yeah, 100%, Gary. You, 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 that's where a great coach can tell you, okay, get over it. Uh, a client of mine the other day was like, you know, really running into some bad luck with um, listings. 
Um, very, very, the, the conversion rate has just dropped with this individual. And I said, you know, you just have to pivot. Um, one of our coaching clients um, in British Columbia, um, luxury specialist, uh, one of the top luxury specialists in Canada, actually, and their luxury market, for anybody who knows it, it dropped, like literally it bottomed out. So the client came to me and go, oh my God, like this is a multi-million dollar GCI a year producer, top of their game, and came to me and said, what am I going to do? Like uh, my world just collapsed, like the market collapsed because of the government and all the conditions that were happening there and the foreign buyers, um, you know, that they were stopping from buying. And I said, guess what? And you pivot into condos. That's what's hot right now. And he's like, I mean, I could, and I said, then we do it. And it goes back to what I said before. It's like, you know what? You take the hit, but you don't spend time worrying about it. You go, okay, I got to pivot, man. Pivot means you move fast. You got to go. Like, you know, don't spend two months worrying about it or trying to change the market conditions. The market bottomed out for this person. It was a reality. Most luxury agents specialized. Um, they felt that in British Columbia. So he pivoted, and now he's one of the top condo specialists in British Columbia. Was it easy? No. If your whole team leaves, guess what? Pivot. Figure it out. You can do it. Fail, Very move cheap. forward. Fail, move forward. That's what I'm hearing. Yep, 100%. And yes, you can coach it. You can learn it. Um, remember that the brain will do whatever you tell it to do. So it's not a born skill. We're all born with the same stuff in our heads. It's just can you develop it? Absolutely. And it, and it applies to everywhere. I was doing an investment um, presentation to a, a group of investors a little while ago, a few months ago. And I said to the group, I said, you know, there's about 400 or 500 people there. I said, everybody lift their hands. I said, if you want to become very financially well off um, through investment properties and the whole group lifted their hand, I said, great. And I said, so all of you want to do that? They're like, yeah. And I said, how many of you um, love Starbucks? About 90% of the group lifted up their hand. And I said, okay, and out of you, 90% of you, how many of you will not buy a Starbucks because you do not want to spend the seven bucks and it's too much? About 50% of the room lifted their hand. And I said, okay, how are you going to do that? Like if you want to build financial wealth, but you're not willing to spend $7 on a coffee that you actually really want because you think it's quote unquote too expensive, how are you going to create a mindset to create financial wealth if, if you're worried about $7? Mm. So, so teach your brain to do what you want it to do, feed it what you want it to be fed, and you will get the results. You will, you will get them in every area of your life. If you want to be a very positive person, feed it positive stuff, you'll get that. If you want to be negative, keep up, you know, hang out with negative people and feed it negative stuff and you're fine and you'll be a negative person. And you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You, you won't be in my circle, nope. but you'll be in somebody else's. And, right. and chances are it'll be a circle of really miserable people. <laughs> Sorry, but it will. <laughs> so what does that mindset look like? Because I know, because uh, I coach with you, um, recently you've, you've, you know, you've completed Ironman and so on. How did, what does that mindset look like transitioning from, okay, crazy people do this. I want to be one of those crazies that, here's to the crazy ones, right? That actually complete uh, a marathon, an Ironman, whatever it is. Um, I think the, on my license plate of my car, it says dream bigger. Okay, so every single day, it, it's my programming. So every single day, I am not, I have never been given anything, meaning everything that I've had, um, I've worked really hard at. Um, you know, it, even the owners of my current brokerage have, have literally said, carte blanche, what can we do to help you build your business? And even though I should have taken a lot of opportunities that they gave me, I, I chose the harder road. I said, you know, I want to do this on my own. I, I really want to build it myself. It's the same thing in every area. Um, I've learned that the connection, I learned a long time ago, the connection of pushing myself physically is amazing how it translates to business as well. So doing the Ironman is just a capability. If you look at, if you look at what you can do, how do you know when you can stop? Like how, like why not live the best life? I get one chance at living this life. I've seen far too many people pass away too early. I've seen far too many people with massive talent that they're not using. Um, and at the end of the day, it's not bad if you're not thinking about living your best life. It's not a bad thing. It's just if you are really wanting, if you're like, I know I can do more, listen to the voice in your head. I didn't start off. I was the slowest runner. Everybody knows it. I was, oh, I got some back. 
Sorry about that. Um, anyway, everybody knows I was the slowest runner um, in our running room. I was running a, I think it was 17 minute mile. Okay. Um, which by the way, is kind of like walking. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was yeah, terrible. He says, it would walk me. up, would you? Speed up, would you? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I'd be like, hurry up, man. So I was the slowest one. Um, it took me quite a few years it took me three three plus years now i'm i'm up there i'm the fastest one wow. so now i'm trying to aim for for boston marathon so you you constantly have to have the mindset where you're pushing yourself so to do the iron man that you know that's 14 to 16 plus hours of working out every single week but in my head i there was a voice that said why can't i do it like what is the reason i can't do it of course you can do it i mean why can't you own a, a multi-million dollar business you can do it why can't you get everything you want? What is stopping you? You're not a tree. You can do whatever you want to do. So you really have to consistently challenge yourself. And I've learned that, you know, behind me is my for first article that was published by Forbes. I, somebody had told me a long time ago when I was younger, they told me I would amount to nothing. And I remember thinking to myself, I, one day I'll be published in one of the best business magazines in the world. And I remember thinking, that's Forbes. You know, when I got old enough to realize that was Forbes, I was like, I'm going to be published in Forbes one day. And I worked hard. I didn't consciously went after Forbes, but I knew that that was a milestone. So when the opportunity came up to put my foot in the ring for it, I said, I'm going to do it. Um, it's the same thing I was telling you guys earlier with Grant Cardone. I haven't announced it yet, but I will be opening um, up for him at the Wealth Hackers Conference in Toronto. Yeah, November. yeah. Yeah. So, so that to me is like in a million years. I never thought that that would be possible. And But then when it came to my head, I was like, why can't I? So yes. I put my hat in the ring, stood up, and you know, been given an opportunity through an amazing individual um, to do that. So anything you want to do, if I want to build a $50 million company, I'm going to build a $50 million company. Who cares? I can do anything. That's the mindset you want to have. That's so awesome. when did that mindset, do you know distinctively when that mindset was formed in that, you know, that I can do anything? If I put my mind to it, I can do anything. Yeah, I think, I think the mindset happened the most... Um, it was always present in me. Like it, like the voice in my head was always telling me, you know, you can be the best at things. I'm very competitive. Everybody knows that about me. I'm highly, highly competitive. Um, so it, for me, that's just something, you know, playing competitive sports growing up and whatnot. I've always wanted to be better. So I've always like, Oh, I can be better. Um, I never really was like, I was never the best at school or anything like that. I think that the time that it hit me the most is when my mom had died. And I realized at that point, um, you know, I had nowhere to go. Like I was, um, those people who know me well, like I said, um, I was escorted out of the house by police officers, uh, when my family had passed away. And I remember standing outside with the police officer who said, who was looking at me and going, I'm so sorry. Like, this is the worst day of his life I can imagine. And he was like, you got to go. And I'm like, where? And I'm like, where am I going to go? What am I supposed to do? And there's a whole story behind that. But the truth is, is I had nowhere to go. And How old were you at the time? Um, I was 16 and a half. So there was really not a lot of options for me. So, and, you know, I just kind of fibbed and said, yeah, I'll go to a friend's house or a family's house. We didn't have all the technology we had now. I couldn't just Instagram somebody or text somebody. I had nobody um, from a city that I, I didn't have any family in. And we don't have a big family. And they all passed away. So it's like, so that was the moment where I, something switched in my head. When you have to, when you have to look and you have to bury your mom and you don't, your world. I woke up the morning um, of have coffee with her and then within 24 hours, my world was totally different. And so when you can recognize and realize how special and how, how fragile time really is and how amazing it can be, that's when you, that's that moment that I realized and I said, you know what? At the end of the day, I took a really good look and I said, you know, I have two choices. I either look at this and go, I'm really damn lucky to have such great people in my life for such a short period of time and some people never experience it. Or I can look at it the opposite way and I can say I'm a victim. Wow. And for me, it was that moment that I realized I can do anything I want. Because if I, if the worst thing in the world possibly can happen is, is seeing your mom die in front of your face, if you can get through that, very few things are going to, very few things are going to disable me. I'll tell you that much. Very few things. Nothing wow. else could be as hard as that. Wow. And I made it through it. 
And, uh, and you know what? So that's that moment. Long answer, but that's the moment. Oh, no. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable with us there. Um, I know we're we're coming down because we want to be very respectful of your time. I think we have like a minute and a half remaining. But before I know, time flies when you're having fun, they say, right? Now, before you go, tell us, what does success mean to Marianne, the coach, the CEO, the $50 million, $500 million company, empire builder what does success mean to you success success means to me is that i'm i want to leave an imprint in this world and that's only been something that i used to chase money um until i had enough of it that that i realized that when you get to the top sometimes you realize that there's that it's not what you thought it was going to be so you can work really hard to chase money or gci or whatever the case is and sometimes you get to the top and you look around and you go Okay, I got everything I set my goals out to. Is that really enough? So success to me means one thing. It means that, and Warren, I'm stealing this from Warren Buffett because that's important, is that he had said that you know that you're successful when you have enough to take care of yourself and your family and the lifestyle that you want to live, and you take the rest of it and you invest it into other people to grow and make a difference in their lives and you're contributing and you're leaving an imprint in the world and you're making a difference. And that to me is successful. So it doesn't matter if you're making a hundred thousand a year, if you're, if you're okay financially and you're taking care of yourself and your family and you're building a business and you are actually looking at the rest of what you're earning and saying, I choose to give this back to the world. And that's why we started girl abundance um, is to say, you know, I've got what I need at this point. I don't need $50 million. That's just personal goal in my head um however i want to contribute so much i want to leave a legacy behind where i can look and say there's three thousand amazing young business women who operate million dollar businesses right now imagine the imprint i'm going to leave um with girl bunnies so that's that's wow. success to me yeah. wow I love it. I that brought back. a smile to both of our faces yes. that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah and i think that's what that's what big goals and dreams have got to do right they got to bring smiles to other people's faces and and inspire and and everything like that this has been an absolutely amazing hour uh yeah yeah uh, i so while you've been speaking i had uh, your your website address up on the screen just to I so see. people can Thank connect you. with you but how do people connect with you and and, and your coaching program and so forth? yeah people can connect right on red apple coaching website they can just go right to that um they can find me i'm i'm mostly active on instagram uh not so much facebook i love instagram so they can find me at marianne gillespie underscore coach so they can find me there if they want to follow that um but most of the time just go into our website and you know what you'll find most of the stuff there um before we leave though gary you have a new position that that you just uh took and i would like to hear what your big vision is for that what's your goal you should share it with your audience that's pretty amazing. Thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> uh, kind of going through some of the things we've talked about, and and definitely on that one year and five year business plans. Those are awesome. And and one of the things that in fact we're doing at our church is at our church we came up with the slogan: "We want to double our impact by 2025," which is absolutely amazing. You can see where that kind of goes in different angles. And I thought to myself, as I was getting prepared for this opportunity as a general manager of a brokerage, what would it look like if we started asking our agents that? How do you want to double your impact? Because the answers that we're starting to get back, as you could imagine, when you change the question, you get different answers, right? Yep. You are the answer that means more to that person, that individual, as opposed to how much do you want to make next year? 300 GCI. Perfect. How do I help you do that? Where this way, when we ask about doubling your impact, it goes much deeper, you know, into family and life and and people are candidly and and I'm there with them talking about uh, debt. How do we how do we get out of that debt? And this is how we've done it in the past. Or how do we give more or double or triple to charity or spend, you know, fly to Jamaica and help build houses for people, all that kind of stuff. And that to me is just so much more inspiring. And, and as you can imagine, Marianne, uh, the buy-in is almost instant. When, when you get to connect with somebody, and I know you're good at this, Marianne, when you get to connect to their why, and it, it, it's just so much more uh, fulfilling to them and to us as, as leading them through this, and it allows us to get to their why a slightly different way than 
simply ask them, hey, what's your why? Because not a lot of people know. It, it, no. it, it, is that your experience, Marianne? Not a lot of people really know their why? That's awesome. Like, honestly, that's awesome. Can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah, we, yes sorry, yeah. it was a little lag there. And I'm yeah. like, did I just say that? Did I just yeah. go to a soapbox and you didn't yeah. hear me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I totally heard it. It, it only cut out at the very end. But yeah. see, that's awesome. And I think, and you've got the right mentality. So that's where, just so you know, where I was talking about that branding conference, that's where the future's going, by the way, is that most people want, want to make a bigger impact. And that's where society wants to go. It's like, we have the ability to do it. It's important to really do that. I love this. Yeah, I like that. We have the ability to do it. So yes. let's, yep. let's do let's it. Let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. This, this was an amazing wrap-up. How do you want to close this off? Uh, Marianne, uh, thank you so much for pushing us You're to, so to get to the point where we're saying we're not just doing in-studio um, interviews. We're going to do it uh, Skype and so on. So thank you for pushing us that way. Love to have you on again, and I'm sure we will. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for the opportunity and the challenge that we did earlier. You got 90 days to get that special guest that we're not going to announce yet, but you got 90 days to get him on. I like okay, it. challenge accepted. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Marianne, again, thank you so much. Guys, so thank welcome. you for listening. Well, once again, you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell, Gary A. McGowan, and our special guest today, Marianne Gillespie. Thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> have a right. great rest of the week, guys. And Colin, I'll be texting you later for your results, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, all sorts of stuff. And we will get this up on uh, YouTube and everything else. Bye for now, my friends. Bye, everyone. Take care.